0: Good morning. Good morning. Great to see you this morning, and uh, we always like to welcome those that are watching on the web. We know folks are watching from all over the place, and uh, grateful to our media team that makes that happen every week. And so, uh, we want to welcome you here to the service. We are uh, going to be spending a little bit of time in the Book of Ephesians. If you do have a Bible, or would like to get one, uh, ushers in a moment are going to offer one uh, when they walk down the aisle. But we're in Ephesians chapter three. It's one of the places we're going to be in a number of places this morning. All right, kind of, kind of bouncing around a bit. But uh, uh, while, while you're kind of preparing for that, heads up, next week we're gonna have a baptism weekend. And we're, at the end of our service, we're gonna have extended worship. We'll probably have uh, a little bit more brief at the front end and, and have a little more at the back end so that we can make an invitation for those that have never followed the Lord in baptism. And that may be you. Uh, perhaps you've never outwardly declared your faith, your trust, your, uh, your commitment to Jesus Christ, and what he's prescribed is what we call believer's baptism through immersion. And we're going to be doing that at the end of the service, so there'll be an open invitation. So you might uh, want to be a part, or maybe you know somebody that would like to uh, share in that next week. So that's, that's going to happen. Also, uh, just before we pray for this, this time, this message, you guys know as well as I do, there's a lot of folks on the East Coast that are suffering right now. And I think it's only just begun. It's going to be going on for weeks, if not months, and even years. Uh, It's devastating uh, of what's happened there. And uh, I always start getting feedback from many of you that want to participate somehow. Financially, just know that if you uh, designate your gifts for that disaster relief, it will predominantly go to Samaritan Purse uh, because they're on the ground. They are the most... uh, uh, active and and probably uh, lean uh, kind of ministry and tool that God is using to help the folks that are there. Talk to my brother-in-law. Many of you know he he works with Franklin Graham, and uh, he was telling me this week that they are already mobilizing thousands of volunteers. And if you're interested, even in physically going back and being part of the the process and volunteering, you could go to SamaritanPurse.org or just, I think it's Samaritan.org, and there's a a place to sign up and find out how you could be used, okay? So I just wanted you to be aware of that. But I want to pray for that this morning uh, and and even for our time that we get to share. So can we do that? Father, thank you uh, that we can call upon your name and that we can cast all of our burdens, our cares upon you. Your word says do that because you care for us. And sometimes, Lord, we pray intercessory prayers on behalf of others, and today's one of those days that we wanna lift up the folks, the, the, the probably millions of folks that have been impacted by this storm on the East Coast. Uh, some have lost everything, and uh, as far as of a physical nature. And we pray, I pray specifically, Lord, that as you use your people to minister in that situation, that the light of Christ will shine and that they will see a love and a sacrifice like they've never experienced. And perhaps many will come to a saving knowledge of Christ even in the kingdom as a result of that kind of service. Um, we know the needs are great, Lord. And so we pray for those uh, instruments that, like Samaritan Purse and many, many other organizations that are there on the ground. And even speak to us, Lord, in ways that we can specifically be used. We trust you, Lord, that you're going to speak through this message today. That, uh, that as we kind of yield ourselves to you, that we, we look ahead at what you uh, are desiring to do amongst us, that we'll cap- capture a vision, capture a glimpse of, of uh, where we fit into all of that. So we just trust your spirit will be released upon this place and that we will have hearts to hear what you have and then put it into action. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. 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 Um, This is the last message that we have did a little series called This Is Us. And we've been taking a look at North Shore and some of the things that are unique to us as far as direction and mission. Um, You know, some of that's pretty common among the people of God. Uh, Labor Day, we talked about our mission of loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's that's something that uh, people of God have been doing for a long time, haven't they? Jesus said that's the greatest commandment. And he said the other ones like it, to love people, love your neighbor as yourself. And so that's what North Shore wants to be about. We want to do that better than we've ever done it. And we're just exploring, listening to God, uh, of how we carry that out uh, in obedience. We talked last couple of weeks about values, core values that, that are like the vehicle that lead us to that destination. And we talked about abiding in Christ which means as we stay connected to him, that's where the fruit's going to result from. If you're, if you're disconnected, he says, nothing of consequence spiritually is going to happen. You can do nothing apart from me. So that's why that's our highest priority. We want to pay attention to that. Pay attention to loving relationships and making sure that nothing comes between those do whatever we can take to, uh, to move forward in that, that area. We talked about unity because we know there's an enemy, and the enemy would love to uh, divide and, and build strife within the people of God God, and, and, and split that because he knows our testimony depends on it. They'll know you're my disciples by your what? By your love, by the love we have for each other. And then we talked about integrity and living out what it is that we talk about so that there's credibility and um, You know, you guys know as well as I do, the folks you talk about at work and talk with at work, family members that may not be uh, connected to the church or to the Lord and you know, one of the first things they have is a suspicion about the people of God because they've seen people that unfortunately have uh, damaged that testimony or that relationship. So it's harder probably than ever to maintain that kind of credibility. That's why we have to pay attention that we, we act upon what we say and you can trust that that uh, beneath the surface, uh, when you look and you see what's beneath there, that they're one and the, the same. So, so that's where we've been. This, this weekend, I wanted to kind of conclude all this by sharing what we would just call our vision, a vision of North Shore. Uh, a vision basically is just a picture of a preferable future. And um, many of you that have been around uh, the church or know your Bibles at all uh, would probably recognize a verse out of Proverbs that simply says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Right? That's, uh, that's one version. <laughs> the version you see there in your notes says it a little bit different. It says they cast off restraint, but blessed are those who follow the, the commands and follow the laws of God. And, you know, that, that's always been kind of the capstone when the subject of vision comes up. The one that I like is the next one beneath that in Isaiah chapter uh, 42. And this is the Lord speaking. He says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. The new things I now declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. And so God himself is saying, you know what, I'm interested in being so close in relationship that you can begin to discern my heart about what's about ready to come down. And, and so we, we tap into that, we trust him for that. Here at North Shore, if you come through or get in the game series, we've got a class called Joining the Team, I teach that. We do it roughly on it every month, month and a half, something like that. But when we walk through that, we usually share North Shore's vision. And I wanna restate that so that we all hear it together, but it's not facilities, it's not a building, that's not what the vision is, it's not programs even. But it's people. It's about people. It's about you and the relationships that we have. And so our preferable future, our vision of what what we're constantly looking for and by faith. When you think of the word faith, doesn't Hebrews 11 say faith is the evidence of things not seen? It's a substance of things hoped for. Uh, and so this is kind of anticipating, and what we're looking for, as I stated it here, look, look at it yourself. It is to create relational environments for the purpose of making disciples who can make disciples. That's our calling. And that's what he's he's called us out is to perpetuate his truth, his love, his salvation. And the way that he's gonna do that, the the mechanism, the method that he chose to use was by pouring himself into a few other individuals so that they could grow up and then eventually reproduce themselves into another spiritual generation. We wouldn't be here today had they not obeyed that great commission, right? Had they not perpetuated that. And now we still have that that calling. So, So when we're around here and when we're together, a lot of us a lot of us are are just looking at a lens through a lens and and asking are you involved are you engaged are you connected with a few other individuals Uh, for the purpose of of just growing maturing we have a pretty clear path that we envision of, of what that growth looks like and it's a lot of it's like biological growth some of you are just infants in the Lord. You've just, you've just newly committed your life to Christ, and man, everything's new, and, and you're just beginning to learn this way, and, and that requires something. You grow up a little longer, and you're, you're more like a child, and there's certain ways child you know, conduct themselves, and, and we help that, and we help that to grow into young adults. Then eventually, our win here, our success, is when you become a spiritual parent, a spiritual parent who can, can now out of maturity invest in another life and help help them grow and help them mature. And so that's the challenge I want to start off with today is are you growing? Are you in an environment where you personally are growing spiritually? If you look, if you look back over a few months or let's say a year or two years ago, are you are you at a place closer to the Lord today than you were, say, two years ago? Huh? Are you growing? And if, if that's the case, then, then you know what? God's doing his thing here. You know, I, 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 I like to think that I'm, I'm still, you know, when I was first married, Annette used to <coughs> say things like, you know, you're really selfish. And now 37 years later, she just says, I'm selfish. There's no really in front of it, all right? And, and so I'm doing better. I'm, right i'm growing i'm changing i'm being transformed right is that what it looks like well hopefully it's a little bit more than that all right that's what we're aiming for what we're going to do today is i want to just share some glimpses into into what we're perceiving and just as a leader uh, just kind of anticipating some things that god is saying some things that he's doing and i want to kind of load unload that with you today all right Um, before i kind of get there this is something pretty fresh. In fact, it was so fresh I didn't get it in your notes. All right? Just the past few days, I've been kind of dwelling on this and thinking about this in light of vision. Sometimes when leaders talk about vision and they talk about goals and they talk about, boy, this is the destiny, this is what we hope to accomplish. If we get there, then we'll be successful. We'll be able to check that off and mark that as, boy, God's been working. You know, we see something, something that's just been stirring in my heart. There was an instance, you don't have to turn there, but in Mark chapter six, Jesus was with his disciples and there was a big miracle occurred and they said, after that, he told them to get into the boat and go to the other side. This was the Sea of Galilee. And they all got in this boat and they took off. Jesus stayed behind. And as they got out into the middle of the sea, they, uh, something happened. You know what happened? A storm came up. And I've thought about this a lot lately. I've thought, you know, when Jesus told them to get in the boat, I don't know that he necessarily had in mind a goal or a destination to go to the other side. Sometimes we see the storm that comes up as a nuisance or an obstacle to reaching that goal. I know sometimes I feel like that if I just obey what Jesus has told me to do, then I can mark that off and I say, well, that was a success. But, but yet if I, if I run into something like an obstacle along the way, I'm saying, oh, man, you know, why'd that have to happen? Why'd that, you know, that's keeping me from getting to the goal. And here's what I'm realizing. That the storm was part of the goal. The process of getting from here to there is more about God's goal than some destination that we, we will articulate out here. Sometimes it's the preparation that is his purpose in the, in, the, in, in the beginning. And what happened when they were out on the sea and this storm came up? I don't know if you remember what happened. But they, I think they thought they were in big trouble. And who shows up? Who was walking on the water? It was Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, let me correct that, all right? <laughs> Jesus was walking, and it Friends, if you were in that boat and you saw Jesus walking on the water, do you think your life would ever be the same? Is it possible that that nuisance, that that obstacle, that this storm that rose up could have in fact been the purpose of God? Not to reach the other side, but the process itself was his purpose. And from that point on, they were confident. You know what? I don't care what I face. If I see Jesus walking on the water, I know things are going to be all right. And, and so I say that as I just think that was important to say before we even begin to talk about what, uh, what tomorrow looks like or what next month or next year looks like, you know? You just kind of lay that as a backdrop. I know for me, that's uh, something I constantly need to be reminded of. But with that said, could I just share two or three things uh, in the area to give you a glimpse into, into what our plans are? And uh, by all means, at the end of today, we're going to commit those plans into the Lord and trust him for them. He can do whatever he likes. This is his church. Uh, You are his people. Uh, But to our best of our ability, uh, these are some things that we've laid out. So let me walk you through those real quickly. First of all, I want to share a little bit about our teaching of what's coming up uh, with our teaching in the coming weeks. Okay. You know, you're looking at a scripture right under that point and Paul said these words to Timothy, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Teaching was a big deal to the Apostle Paul. We can't, uh, we can't obey the Lord really fully unless we know what, what it is that he wants us to do. And and as I I look at this, um, this is why I ask you to turn to Ephesians, is that I look at the theme, if there was a common thread, Lord, what are you saying to us through these next uh, few series of messages and and kind of themes that we're looking at? Uh, Something happened last July, I believe it was. We were in a series on John 17, the high priestly prayer. And in that chapter, in that prayer, you saw the word glory used over over and over and over again. And that's a word that just kind of flows easily off of a Christian's lips, isn't it? We sing about it almost every weekend, the glory. But I never really thought about what the word meant until I dug deep into that study. And, and the concept, the idea that's wrapped around that, that word is that glory is when you reveal something that up to that point has, has kind of been hidden or, or been undisclosed. And so, the glory we're talking about, the glory of God, is when you see something about God's character, about His love, about His ways that you never saw before, and you're just going, wow, wow, how wonderful is this? That's the glory of God. It's that disclosure, it's that revelation. So that if the Bible says it's the glory of Jesus, it's because Jesus reveals things about the Father that you wouldn't have known had Jesus not come. Do you understand what I'm talking about? The church, there are things that God does within his people that as you stand back and you watch the way that we conduct ourselves, hopefully, to the glory of God, it means you're showing things in your behavior and the ways you, you respond to each other that are going to bring revelation to God's ways and how he loves us. You individual, you show the glory of God when you walk in step with his spirit. So Paul tapped into this, and this is why I invite you to turn to Ephesians uh, 3. Look at it. Listen to this carefully in light of that. Paul's declaring, he says, bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. I don't know if you understand what he's saying there. He's saying there's things about God's nature, God's character, that the church, that's you guys, the angels in heaven, the heavenly beings up there are watching what you do, what we do, and they're learning about the ways of God that up to this point have been hidden and they are giving him glory. So the, all that praise and the glory that's going on, it's by the things that are being revealed that they, it just keeps coming and it just keeps flowing. And Paul recognized this and he goes on and he says, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus ultimately, he says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when we look at Jesus, this is the glory of God because it's revealing things about, about him. And Paul says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Listen to this, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Paul's writing this from prison, and it was not a pleasant place. Paul is suffering greatly for for the Lord, and he's writing to these guys about that. But he's saying, don't lose heart, don't lose your hope over what I'm going through It is your glory. And how is it their glory? Because they are learning things, listen, about God in the way that he is suffering for the Lord that is revealing to them the the glory of God. How could God take a a servant, an instrument like that, and and flow through him and work through him even in the most difficult of circumstances? And so I I really feel that in the next few uh, weeks, a few months, in our teaching together, that is going to be a common thread. I want us to to begin to take some deep dives into some areas. In some cases, maybe they'll be challenging. Maybe maybe we've not not even gone down to that level before. But my prayer is, is that the glory of God will shine in these particular topics or these areas. Okay, the first of those. Next, uh, or this coming October, Two weeks from today, we're going to begin a a series, uh, and it is going to be on stewardship. Uh, if If that phrase gets you off guard, it just simply means managing what God has entrusted to us. Usually, we use it in the context of our money or our finances, don't we, stewardship. And North Shore, you guys, if you've been around very much time, I just have to kind of make a little confession here that over the years, and this is almost 15 years now, that I have probably not devoted more than one or two weeks a year to this topic. And it's usually around what we do as our first and best offering, which is the first of October, which we've just done over these years. And I almost have to apologize to you, because this is such an important area, and here's what I'm beginning to understand, that if we don't take a deeper dive into some of these areas, nothing's ever going to change Nothing's ever going to be transformed unless we concentrate and focus on some of the biblical principles that God has given us. This is such an important fundamental part of our life together. I mean, it's where you live every single day. And when Jesus commands us, don't worry, well, where are your worries usually settled in? When he's talking about your priorities, where are your priorities? He says where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. I mean, all these principles that Jesus, he talked more about this subject than almost any other subject because he knew it was so fundamental. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna concentrate for four weeks, and the series we're calling it the ABCs of Financial Freedom. Because here's what I'm realizing. A lot of folks have been strapped and unable to obey God or to be generous because of the bondage that we find ourselves in. That's just the honest truth. More people are spending money on interest well more than anything they're giving to the kingdom of God. And it's a trap. And and we're gonna gonna try to address, we're gonna try to do everything we can do to help and support and to give some support. In fact, this this weekend is the first weekend we're making this available. But uh, for every family, I wanna give a a workbook that's gonna guide us through this, okay? Friend of mine, Barry Barry Cameron, has has written this material and has worked this through the, the church and the ministry. And you can pick this up on your way out this morning if you want. There's a table. And just because I believe having a little skin in the game, there's a book that if you want to get the book, I'm going to ask for $5, all right? That's, that's, so, that's a lot less than what it actually is. But I just wanted you, I want you to take, take this seriously. And you can pick those up and start preparing for that. But we're going to walk you through that over a four-week period. My friend, uh, I have a friend down in Phoenix area, he said, when he, when he did this, he said, it was nothing short of revival, he said people's lives were changed so, so at the core uh, in this dimension, and, and it just it set a whole new trajectory, and that, that's what my prayer is. Okay, so we're going to do that in October. Second uh, message is, uh, is going to be in the area of our work. Okay? New territory for me. I've never done a series, never done a teaching on how do we glorify God in our work, in our job. <laughs> Think about that a moment. We're gonna develop a theology of work. And, and I, I'm hoping, I, I think I've toyed with the idea of calling it, uh, take this job and love it, all right? <laughs> and I know you've heard the country song. Um, but I, I, I had a little revelation. Genesis chapter two, God sets Adam and Eve over in the garden, and it's the first time I think in Scripture we see the word work. It said, he set them over the garden to work the garden. And I don't, I don't know why, but I've always kind of assumed that work was a result of the fall of man. It was the curse that followed the, the fallenness. So that my idea was, is before the fall, Adam and Eve were sitting on the beach, you know, eating their umbrella, or drinking their umbrella drink and just kind of relaxing and enjoying life. They never had to work, right? No, this is before the fall that they were set and they were given. In other words, there's a way to glorify God with it, and then there's a way not to. And if we could learn how to do that, just think of the power that that means. So we're gonna spend several weeks kind of uh, exploring that and going down that path. And then third area, in January... Uh, for six weeks, 40 days, we are going to focus and intently get into the Word of God. 40 days in the Word of God. And what I mean by that, because we're in the Word every week, pretty much, what, we're, what I noticed is in the years I've been with you, I don't think that I have ever uh, intentionally taught you how to read and study the Word of God so that you can drive everything that it was meant for you. And it's all of a sudden beginning to realize, I can talk to about devotions or you know do this or do that, but many of you don't do that because you've just never give, been given a model. You've never seen what it looks like. So we're going to focus on how to study the Word, how to, how to hide it in your heart, and here's my goal for that, those, that time. At the end of this, you're going to love the Word of God, you're going to learn it in some ways you've never understood, and you're going to live it. Because he says don't just be hearers of the word but be doers of the word and the reason it's going to make a difference is because we're going to concentrate and we're going to focus that time uh, toward that end so that's our that's some of the teaching that's going to come down one other thing is that we're going to introduce maybe reintroduce some elective bible classes some biblical foundation classes you're going to be hearing about those they'll happen on sunday mornings Um, We've got plenty of, um, you know, facility to to offer these and we're gonna launch a couple of those uh, real soon. You're gonna hear about this. Um, One that's just starting to develop your biblical literacy, if you will, to understand and taking deeper dives in in the Bible and the Word of God. And so we've got some uh, gifted teachers that are going to emerge and you'll be hearing about that. So some exciting things, I think, on that front. Second area um, is the area of outreach. Uh, I want to give you a glimpse into what we're seeing regarding outreach in the coming uh, weeks and months. Last November, North Shore walked through what we call a church assessment. It was a survey. We had close to 800 people participate. We'd never done anything quite like that. And what, what kind of bubbled up out of that that we paid attention to above a lot of other things, you have a deep, deep desire to be mobilized uh, to make a difference in our community in the name of Jesus Christ. You have a heart to, to make a difference in the lives of folks, especially folks that are in need uh, or, or in, in maybe desperate situations, and somehow for us to be a part of that on the front lines. Okay. And, and I want to let you guys know, I don't think we've said this out loud before, but we heard that in the spiritual leadership, and one of the The primary motives for making the change in our worship from Damien over to Josh was to begin to invest in this area of connections and outreach with somebody who had relational credibility to the degree that Damien does. And that's why Damien's new role has encompassed uh, not only connections and getting you connected in these groups, but outreach is going to emerge more and more. And if you've been hanging around him at all lately, there is a passion that is there and and i'm telling you i am excited about the things that already are beginning to emerge you remember just a few weeks ago we had the backpacks uh you saw them on the trailer you know where we gave out 350 backpacks to the kids over on casino road that was damien's idea in his heart god laid that on his heart and it wasn't that big of a deal we just mobilized we he said you know make it a five dollar sunday you remember that and look at the difference not just for that school but there was enough to do a whole nother school those are the kind of things that you're gonna see grow more and more, that kind of impact. Um, three areas that, that I see this playing out. Number one is our, our life groups. And I, I just I kinda of wanna articulate this vision. And I know some of you struggle with this because you're so oriented to a program. You're, you're oriented to having a big event and do the thing and, and then we celebrate and we say, all right, yeah, what's next, you know? But friends, I just think that if you really want to make a difference, it has to happen on a relational basis. We used to give away funds on a Saturday, and we'd have people lined up to have their bills paid and their other things. But you know what? We never saw them again. There was no relationship. And it was a blessing that we could celebrate, you know, that we were making a difference in a lot of your gifts and your generosity. But there was no relationship building. And we said, that we've got to change this. And so our dream is to make it more, more kind of, I hate to use the word, but organic in the life group that these things are happening with 10, 12, 15 people that are in a group. They come across a need and they collectively minister to that. And it happens almost on a weekly basis. And not only just needs, okay, like getting cars fixed or helping with, with a, a financial need at a moment or in health need, you know, that somebody comes along and just comes alongside through that kind of th- thing. But neighbors are being reached through the group and they're coming to those groups before they're ever coming to church. That's where they're first getting connected. And that's always been a dream. And I want to see that kind of that momentum built along those lines. So the first area is these, these life groups. Here's the second area. And that... That is, uh, these events that, that we do put together strategically, we're calling these connections events. Connection events. Uh, actually, I want to give a little, a little subtitle, uh, and I base this on Nathaniel's experience when, when uh, Philip was inviting him to come and see, uh, meet Jesus. It says, Nathaniel mentioned to him, uh, he goes, what, what, what good is anything? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, just come and see. Come and see for yourself. I like that. Just come and experience it. Hang around it for a while. See if there's something that clicks or whatever. Just come and see. And we've got these kinds of events. If I look back over my shoulder a few months ago, at Easter we did a thing called extravaganza. You remember that? And that's just a couple of years old. The first time we did it, over 1,000 people showed up. Now, I know a lot of those were our people, our academy folks, but last spring when we did it, there were over 3,000 that showed up. And these are families, and as we walked around, families walking around North Shore's campus, and many of you were volunteers, you had conversations, you built connections, and that was one of the first steps. And we've seen a number of those folks that just came back because they, they experienced something they've not experienced before. We're gonna strategically send mailers out to invite our immediate neighbors to these kinds of events. The next one coming up is called Light the Night. It's the end of October. And it's gonna encompass what we call an FX, which is a family experience. These are amazing events that our staff has put on and it's designed for for parents and their kids to do something together uh, that is meaningful, it's exciting, it's fun, there's a lot of laughter. And surrounding that, there's gonna be activities in the lobby and then out in the parking lot, we're gonna dress cars up and there's gonna be some good stuff uh, available. And as you know, there's something else that's happening that night, Um, you know, and this is an alternative to that. And we're just working with the neighbors and working with the families and, and I think there's gonna be a huge response and there's gonna be many people that make that first contact We're going to do something at Christmas, a North Shore family Christmas that's designed along that. And I'm sharing this strategically because outreach, friends, these are the kinds of things that your friends, your family, those that have been far from God, sometimes they're open to an invite to something like that before they'll ever come to a service. And so we're trying to place those out there, all right? And then the last thing is our community engagement. We want to mobilize our church in a much more powerful way to make an impact uh, with folks. And we don't have to go too far to do that. We talked about the backpacks. We talk, we've talked about uh, some teaching we're doing to prepare that way. The Poverty 101 to educate us of how we can impact uh, the folks that, that are in need. We've got a, a, a reading class right now, Help When Helping Hurts. And, and many of you are already beginning to invest yourself in some of these arenas. I want to share just one quick story of an example of what this, um, what this looks like, if I could. and I sure hope I have it. Um, I got a letter this week from uh, a, a group called Olive Crest. And they are a ministry here, and they were reaching out to the churches because there is a desperate need in our community for foster care, and connecting, uh, interfacing with orphans. And they're, they're kind of the conduit that is doing that. And it dawned on me that we don't publish this, we haven't made a big deal about that, but, but there's folks within this congregation that are doing that at a level that is just nothing short of inspiring. And it has impacted me greatly. I asked uh, uh, one couple if they might just even jot down the story because each week, you know, over the last months, I've I've watched this unfold. I said, would you just write that down? And I just want to hit a few highlights. I don't have the time to go through the whole thing, but can you imagine uh, getting a call from your spouse (laughs) that says, quote, the foster care placement desk just called with a brand new baby about to be discharged from the hospital, and they need a home now. Can I go get it? Don't know the gender. Um, well, that was, that was the wife, the husband, who got that call. Um, he starts reflecting. He's one that was writing this, and he says, four days is significant. The last baby that we had uh, was held in the hospital nearly three weeks while he was given morphine to ease the physical pain of withdrawal. And he says, I called, uh, it's Roger and Sandra, I called Sandra back and we agreed together that we were ready to dive into another infant. In our mid-50s, we recognized that newborn babies demand a lot of physical and mental stamina that is more found in a 20 or 30-something. Sandra went and picked up the baby. And we've had the privilege, and I don't know if you, you've seen it or not, but we've had the privilege to watch uh, I have on the week as, as they brought this little guy four days old starting with and uh, over the past months and and I just thought about this he says he became a prize companion he says we would debate whose turn it was to carry him into the church <laughs> who got to sit by him at the restaurant in public this little toothless grin and clear blue eyes would draw strangers in but you could see the puzzled look on people's faces. (laughs) Sandra and I are old enough to easily be his grandparents. We've got a daughter that's old enough to be the mom, but she's a little young, I think 17. Um, Some days we would let people wonder. Other days we found subtle ways to explain, quote, we got him at four, four days old, or He's a, one of the sweetest babies that we have gotten, which is just a subtle reminder. You know what? We're just, we're just stewards over this life. Um, well, the time came, six months, with this little guy, and just a few uh, days back, they, they had to tur- got to turn him over to a new family. Um, later this week, I have to break that trust for his benefit And he will need to learn to trust a new family. They are an awesome family. Young husband and wife. Four really nice kids. And a baby just a couple of months younger than him. He'll be loved. He'll be played with. And he goes on he says, by the time he's two, he will have forgotten the time that was in our house. He'll have no significant memory of the life beyond uh, his new family. But at our house, we will have been given a chance to grow he will have been given a chance to grow and to thrive and to develop and to know just how to be loved and we will have done our job later this week amen we will sit on the kitchen we'll sit on the kitchen floor and with ice cream and we'll grieve our loss while celebrating his new hope his article he he, he titled this this is hard but this is right that's happening here, guys. That's a reality. And, uh, and, that, and that's not, that's not a, a lone case. I know several cases like that from our church that they've been willing to take that kind of step. Friends, I, I think that's the kind of stuff Jesus meant when he said, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. You just do it out of obedience. And I'm proud. I'm just proud uh, to be able to be a part of that kind of setting. And you ought to be too. That's what God is doing through this. And, and we, as we see the future of the outreach that's going to occur, it, it's just immeasurable what the Spirit of God will do with a person that is just sold out to him like that. That, to me, is, is being sold out. And so, uh, so anyway, let's, uh, let's look together and see, see what transpires. Hey, uh, I want to share one last one with you, and, and this, is a, this is a big deal. Uh, I want to give you a glimpse into the leadership Okay, and it probably is not going to catch anybody by surprise, I don't think. But yet, I've been surprised this weekend that it has. But for a couple of years, uh, I have to tell you that God has been nudging me through His Spirit to 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 consider or to lay the groundwork for what we would call succession planning. All right, what that means is is just prayerfully considering what does the next chapter look like for the leadership here at North Shore and how that impacts my, myself and Annette and, and just, uh, just our time. Been sharing this with the elders, we've been, been looking at that, and, uh, and I'm just here to tell you this weekend that it, the time is now to begin to implement that succession plan. And I wanna give you a, a glimpse into what that potentially can look like, what we're dreaming, what we're praying that that will look like, okay? I've given the elders a, a kind of a, a date and it, you know, God's in charge, God's in control of this, but it's a date that we're working toward to October of 2019. That's a little over a year from now that my prayer is, is that we will identify North Shore's next uh, lead pastor and that we will be able to celebrate and do a handoff to that person uh, together and celebrate that. In other words, they'll come on board some of you are tr- uh, more accustomed to a traditional way where a pastor leaves, they get an interim uh, leader or they get a search team and they you know, kind of wander around for sometimes a year, year and a half. Well, this is a different way of doing it. Uh, I think it's more biblical and it's, it's more along the line of what we say we value, which is raising up new leaders. Right? And we've been trying to model that. You've seen that being played out. And now it, I think it's time and I feel like it's r- the right time. Annette and I, are are quite confident that the Lord is just selecting this time that we can begin to model this, hopefully in a very healthy way, um, exciting way as as this un, unfolds, okay? Um, boy, there's so much I, I wanna share and just say, uh, let me just answer a couple of questions. One is, is this is something that we have initiated? Nobody else <laughs> has initiated this? And I know what you're probably thinking, you're thinking, why would you do this, man? You're so young, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's why I almost see every weekend and say, when are you going to retire, you know? I don't use the R word, by the way. I consider this a transition of roles. And uh, we're not absolutely sure what the next chapter looks like, so I'm not going to something. Um, it's not because of health reasons. It is solely because I have a deep, deep desire to model and to, to leave that impression that, that it is about handing off, it is about raising up and, and, and kind of fanning the flames of the next generation. If somebody didn't do that earlier, I mean, think biblically of Moses. Who did he turn it over to? Joshua. You know, Elijah, the prophet, was identified, God told him, he says, you go select this guy, and his name was Elisha. He got a double portion and carried it on. Paul had Timothy, and he passed it on to this young man that uh, pastor of the church in Ephesus. Jesus passed it on to his disciples. Friends, we wouldn't be here today had that not occurred. And so what we want to do, hopefully with God's help, uh, is going to model that over the coming months. So, um, so there'll be a process. And then uh, just before I invite my friend John, Don uh, Schwab, he's our chairman of our elders. He's going to come up and just say a word or two from their perspective. Uh, but um, anyway, let me just say this, okay, before he comes that my intention is to stay intact. Here's the, here's the dream. You guys know what this is? Okay, it's a baton and, and a relay race. That's the picture I want to leave with you in your mind. It's a relay race. And the way that that works is, the person with this is running full speed, and there's a 20-meter window. They call it the exchange zone. You can't go beyond it, you can't do it before it, but in that exchange zone, you have to do it. And so teams practice that handoff. And the whole thing is won or lost in the way they do the handoff. And so my dream is, is to do this in stride. You know, my friend Bob Russell said, you know, you can either be carried out, (laughs) or you can be kicked out, (laughs) or you can walk out. I choose the latter, that's what he said. And, and I would like to stay in stride while there's still strength, while there's still passion, everything else, and be able to identify and, and do the handoff and then see this thing go to greater places than we can even begin to dream about. That's, that's what I believe is going to happen. So that's my perspective. But I wanted to share that with you this weekend. And uh, even as Don's going to challenge you, you know, this is going to be a great time uh, of prayer and of, uh, of watching how God is going to do this. I think God's going to be glorified by this, all right? Well, Welcome Don to come and share. He's going to first share a few thoughts with you, okay? All right, Bob.
1: Well, good, good afternoon. Um, if it's your first time here, you picked, uh, you picked a heck of a day. Um, and if you are, uh, I just ask that all of us, you, that you call North Shore family here, that just we could use a little grace and mercy right now. This has been a lot to process. Um, as an elder, I guess I've had a little bit of an advantage because I've been, I've been processing it here for the last few months. So um, this is our first real public announcement this weekend. Um, I have the mic in my hand, so I have a little bit of an advantage over Ken. Um, you know, we're going to have the next year or so to celebrate what Ken and Annette has has committed to this church and what they've done and all the co- accomplishments. I know he doesn't like to hear a lot about it, he's a real humble guy, but there's really been some really big things. Um, One is, you know, when he first came here, um, we had a significant amount of debt in our church. And um, so he had this vision for a capital campaign. And it was very unusual because it wasn't for a brand new building out front or in the side. It was actually to pay down for what we had. And uh, we appreciate that vision. And really for the last 15 years, Ken has cast his vision about a place, North Shore being a place of connecting, uh, a place of relationships, and a, a place for growth. Um, Annette and Ken have modeled uh, a Christian marriage, um, a Christian family, and they've just been inspiring for me personally. And for 15 years, Ken, I thank you. So, th- so this is a, a really good time now to think about um, our church. And there isn't one person, one personality that built this church. This is God's church. And um, I'm confident that God's going to bring a great person and somebody here to this organization to lead us to the next the next chapter. And I'm not sure if you were around here uh, 15 years ago when we went through this process, Um but we've been, we have been doing some work on it, and I'll just talk a little bit about that process. Um, for one, uh, the, the elders, although some of us have um, human resource experience, we don't have experience selecting a new pastor. So the first stage was going out and educating ourselves. So we, we each even have book reports that we have to provide. Um, we've also met with some consultants. There are a lot of great people. Um, great organizations out there that um, are gifted in these areas of selecting pastors. And um, so we've already in that process of consulting them. Um, we've even even met with some of Ken's um, uh, mentors. Some of Ken's pastors have been through this process. So we got some really good insight. And right now we're in that process of selecting someone to help guide us through that's been through this multiple times. Um, Really, and th- so the next step after we select that, um, that group is to get your feedback and what, and what the, the pastor, what the vision of you guys have for that pastor. It started really with that survey, and Ken kind of brought up some of the results, and we're already, as an elder, we're already trying to follow God's will for the church. And so they'll take that, and they'll also, um, we'll have some opportunities for some feedback. From, we'll have, it's, there's different... Um, there's different profiles, but basically we're going to get feedback from you in various ways, maybe some focus groups, and then we're going to build a profile. And so we'll we'll so create a selection committee, and we'll compare that to the profile from your feedback, and then the elders will, will ultimately make that decision. So as 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 the elders, we um, are committed to two things. First one is communication. Um, I know this. Can create a time of um, uncertainty Um, I'll just tell you that I am I feel we're in a good place right now we're comfortable that God God brought us Ken 15 years ago what a blessing and I'm very comfortable that God's got someone out there that's gonna bring here so part of the communication is gonna be face to face and this is the first step in that Um, so we'll continue to do that also uh, we'll have this is the day of electronic information so whether it's the website or um, emails, um, we'll use that. Second part, most important, is prayer. So the elders and the staff are committed to prayer. Um, and so I'm asking you to join us in this commitment to prayer. Uh, first, pray for Ken and Annette in this transition. I know it's really not the R word. Um, I'm sure God has a great plan for them, and they'll probably be busier than ever. Um, doing something else for the kingdom. I'm very excited to see where that is. Um, second is, is pray for the elders. Um, my prayer is that God will bring us someone I said this earlier that is so obvious, that this is the right person. Just I guess selfishly, that would be easy, right? Um, so obvious that we have to like, okay, let's, let's hold back a little bit and, and bet. Um, so that's my prayer is that God will bring us someone that's so obvious. So pray for us. Um, pray for the staff as they go through transition. I um, also pray for that person that God's already um, preparing right now for, to be our, our, our senior pastor. So, thank you.
0: Well, you might have, have some questions, and you're gonna probably immediately on, the, on our website have a, a means to contact and, and fire those at for myself, the elders. Uh, just know this, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be intact, okay, for the foreseeable future. We're going to be, do, be doing the teaching, predominant teaching and leading. Uh, and as you can tell from just the dreams we have for the next five months or so, uh, we're going to be pretty busy. Uh, so, so just appreciate your, your prayers, uh, you know, for all of that. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be an exciting time. Here's my dream. I, I've said several things, but I, I really am dreaming that we're going to see North Shore get to the healthiest possible place that it could be so that the next person can, can pick up from there and take us to, to new areas that we couldn't even begin to, to comprehend uh, you know, as, as we move forward. It's gonna require commitment on your part. It really is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight with you. Uh, this is a time that if this is your church home and God's le- led you to this place, you really need to contemplate, am I all in? Am I all in? Uh, when we ask you know, for the prayer, will I really pray? When we talk about uh, serving or volunteering, you know, are you willing to seek God and say, is this a place where I can invest myself when you see the opportunities come? We're talking about financial. This is gonna require some things financially that we, we didn't count on, really, uh, things above and beyond. And so even as we approach this uh, series in the next couple of months, it's just gonna be imperative that everybody get on board, that this isn't just a few that are gonna carry this, that we all who call this our church home are gonna pick up and we're gonna take that responsibility. So that, that's the ask. And, um, and today, more than anything else, I just think it's a time when the kingdom of God is gonna make an impact out in this community and in our region that is so dark right now. There are folks that are so far from God and he wants to use you, he wants to use this church in the areas we've talked about to reach those folks. And so, um, so as we commit ourselves today, I hope this day is inspiring I you know, kind of entered into this weekend with a little fear and trembling for some obvious reason. And I thought, oh, this isn't gonna catch anybody off guard. And I think it probably has caught a few of you, maybe by surprise, shouldn't have, but um, uh, you know, I really am excited about what's ahead. So we're gonna kind of go out worshiping the Lord and with a, a tune that uh, the, the team is gonna lead us in, and it just essentially saying that I'm going to give my everything to you. I'm going to give my all to you. I'm going to surrender it. I'm going to lay it down before you and trust you, God, that regardless of what's ahead, that I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to keep my eyes focused upon you. So why don't we stand together. I want to pray for you, first of all, and for us. And then, um, and then we'll go out worshiping uh, together as the team leads us, okay? Father, thank you again for your word. We thank you, God, for your sovereignty over this church and and over these uh, folks who have made this uh, the place where, where they have uh, placed their spiritual gifts and their, their uh, uh, time, their investment uh, with, with uh, their serving, with their finances, with, with everything that they are. And God, we just pray that we will place ourselves in a, in a fresh way before you and your altar, like, uh, like Romans speaks about, that we become living sacrifices that are wholly pleasing to you that the world might know that you sent your son Jesus because they can see him in our lives and in our church and that it's gonna draw all men to himself. To that end, Lord, we give ourselves away. We, we lay ourselves down. We surrender everything that we are to you, Lord, and we do so passionately because you're worth it. You are, you are the one that we wanna glorify. You're the one, Lord, that until we get to see you face to face, we've been given a charge on this side of eternity to do everything we can, whatever it takes, to bring as many people in. And so uh, kind of as we launch this this year, we just pray that all those things will just lend itself to your glory above everything else. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Amen.